Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Brainosaur presents the Weekday Warriors of Finally, we have our theme song back after many moons of not having it. Um, but we are here. I'm Eric Clancy, joined as always by Mr. Patrick Kelly. It is September 9th, 2016. Uh, another wrestling week in the books. How you doing, pal? I'm doing great. Uh, it was nice to have a short week at work, that's for sure. Yes, yes it was. Um, can you hear me okay? The, the mic is a new mic. I just want to make sure. I can hear you fine. fine. Okay, cool. Fantastic. So, um, all right, well, let's get into it. So we had um, we had a Raw that we thought would answer some questions. I didn't see SmackDown, so I'm not going to talk about it. If you did, feel free to. You didn't to. miss much. Okay, fan- great. Uh, and we also <laughs> had uh, we also had a uh, Season 3 of Lucha Underground. Yes, that started up. It was always good to have that back. And actually, Wednesday kind of became like this awesome wrestling night because you had Lucha, you had NXT, and you also had... Uh, Cruiserweight Classic, they just closed up the quarterfinals, so uh, we've got uh, the last two rounds on next week's big two-week, uh, two-hour finale, so a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, I hope to see some of that, because I haven't caught any of that, because I've been behind on NXT, so I've wanted to ca- catch up on that. I'm trying to do some of these things, but unfortunately, that has not come to fruition. However, um, since it's when, since it's, well, it's not Wednesday, but since Wednesday has become the day again, why don't we chat about the... Um, uh, season opener, opener of Lucha Underground, uh, which was main evented by Pentagon, Pentagon Dark, pardon me, and Rey Mysterio Jr. We also had a impromptu uh, Lucha Underground title match between Montanza and Son of Havoc. Um, we had Taya and um, uh, Sexy Star, and we had some uh, fairly interesting uh, vignettes. Um, where do you want to begin with this, Patrick? Well, I guess we could start right from the beginning. Uh, pretty much leaving off close to where we uh, where we ended season two with Dario Cueto in jail and having the charges dropped. And uh, I think a lot of people marked out at the beginning when out of nowhere we got Honky Tonk Man, who's working as a, a, a police officer now in a prison guard or something. And uh, that was that was a nice little cameo. Yeah, I I, I, I popped for it actually. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, also, the line, which I texted you earlier, one mm-hmm. giant key um, made me laugh. And, and you and I, um, you texted it to me, but um, I, I thought I thought it too. Like, the bull, first of all, should have been entered in evidence because he, he killed him with it. And secondly, mm-hmm. um, it would have been such a funny moment to, to have the bull there. So I think they, they kind of missed the, 
missed something there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we did get uh, the appearance of Doctor Claw in the uh, <laughs> in the limo, along with Lorenzo Lamas, who seemed happy that he wasn't dead. Um, which is like, you know, we're slowly getting some answers toward this. I I think I told this to you either last week or the week before. You know, my theory. My theory since the show started was that Dario Cueto was the devil. Um, that's now changed in light of recent months. Um, however, I do think this new guy, um, who may be the devil, but he is Dario Cueto's father. Which is not a completely outlandish theory. That is actually, it fits within everything that they're doing. And actually, one of my favorite lines in the whole thing was when Honky Tonk, I think it was Honky Tonk that said it. No, it was uh, the guy who let him out of the cell. You must have some friends in high places. Like, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which could be that, an interesting play, of... which could be an interesting play mm-hmm. on the gods' high places, mm-hmm. you know. So, because uh, mm-hmm. remember, um, if I recall correctly, it was Dario Cueto's father who sacrificed Montanza to the gods so that he would be inhabited by one. Mm-hmm. Yep, so, that's correct. So there is, there is some... Uh, mythology that's been established there within the Cueto family, and which is an interesting dynamic that they bring to it, because as we know, Cueto's a Spanish businessman. They came over, uh, their family came over and, you know, exterminated, you know, as the Spanish did to the, to the, um, the people inhabiting the new world from, from ancient tribes and stuff. So there's this, this sense of like this, um, I guess, you know, uh, post-Columbian uh, era coming over and destroying the natives and now battling in the temple the remnants of those natives for the pleasure of Dario Cueto. So there is some kind of symbolic, um, twisted irony to that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so we'll we'll find out, I guess, more about that as we go on. Um, I thought the wrestling was fine. Um, you know, nothing like jumped out at me as being... Uh, great i i thought the stories were fine and i i'm not i'm not asking for for great every week you know it's just uh i hope the stories move along and they're being told coherently and sometimes you're going to have these episodes that like i don't want to say underwhelm you because i i don't think that's the right word but you know i mean it was like son of havoc got a match against montanza that probably should have been a bigger deal because of how much of an underdog son of havoc is but it yeah. really wasn't um uh taya and Sexy Star had a had a nice little match, and uh, it ended up with um, Worldwide Underground being uh, kind of hoisted by their own Who is my favorite table in wrestling today, by the way? I agree. I also loved the um, Angelico attack sequence where he's like, where he says, oh, "I'm taking you to Slam Town, you skinny little turnip," or whatever he says, "Your skinny little shrimp." Was was he supposed to be? Was that bleeped on my feed, or what's the deal? I no, I think that he said something like that. I think. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if it was like you, you piece of shit or something. And because they, they normally don't bleep that stuff, you know, they've had sexy stars shout like "fuck you." So I, I didn't know if that was Johnny Mundo's hilarious insult or like uh, an unintentional like uh, this whole city's a chicken just waiting to get plucked line from Scarface type deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't think they changed anything. Okay. Yeah. No, they were great. Um, and. Uh, I liked the Pentagon Ray match, but uh, uh, one problem, um, and I think I know you're probably going to be in the same wavelength as me. I don't like that Ray went over and essentially put Pentagon at zero and two since his big rebirth. Yes, 
I actually didn't even think about that, quite honestly. You're right, but my thing was just like, eh, it wasn't as good as the Prince Puma Ray match, and that's the last exposure <laughs> I have. So, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I do agree with the idea of Pentagon Dark supposed to be awesome, and apparently he can hurt everybody, but he can't get victories, which is kind of, yes, that, that kind of nerfs him to a degree. Now, um, they could have fixed it if they'd had him break Ray's arm at the end. I think that would have been an excellent yeah. way to start. Uh, yeah, and, and I understand they want to get that big match, and they want to get Ray, and, and and I understand from a business sense, because Lucha Underground is, is, you know, they're not the biggest promotion. They need to get eyeballs in any way they can, and Ray is a is a guy that most mainstream wrestling fans do know. He's a guy that can get you licenses. He's a guy that if you're at conventions or you're talking to, like, cable TV providers and you show his name, he gets you business deals. I understand all that, but... Um, you don't always have to do the matches, especially when you sacrifice guys that are kind of, uh, you know, red hot. So I do agree with your point there, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but other than that, I thought the match was fine. I thought it was good, and uh, the whole episode was good, and you kind of referenced it. There were a bunch of things going on throughout the show where they set up future matches and set up uh, future storylines that I thought were very interesting. Oh, you mean like... You mean like Ivelisse and Katrina at at Lucha at Ultimo Lucha Trace, which who knows when that's happening? But like it, that was great. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and again, kind of the the way Lucha Underground tells their stories. This is a match they've been setting up since Ultimo Lucha One or Uno. Yes, yes, correct. When so, the um, uh, yeah, good work. Yeah, when the uh, unlikely trio was defeated by the Disciples of Death, who are now. Uh, Disciples of Dead, with the exception of, uh, oh, God, what's Sinestro de la Marte. Yes, he has the long, he had the longest name of all of them. <laughs> um, and then we had that uh, sequence at the end. What did you make of that with uh, Vampiro and Puma? That was very interesting. I really liked that. So, yeah. you know, Puma kind of needs a mentor. He has, he's kind of been on the outside looking in ever since he lost Conan. And Vampiro looks like he's trying to step into that spot possibly to manipulate him into going after Pentagon. So yeah. we'll see how that all plays out. It's always interesting using Vampiro on the ca- as a character because they use him as an active character, but then as the color commentator, he's kind of got to stay away from the action. So it's always a tricky thing using him. Mm. And they've done fairly well with him. I mean, I never would have thought that Vampiro in 2015 or 2016 would be like a viable character on a wrestling show, but he's been presented really well there. Yeah. Um, also, quick question. Just because I'm, I know that Vampiro's real name is Ian Hodgkinson. I know he's from Canada, and I know he spent a lot of time in Mexico as a uh, vampire Candanese or, or however you would pronounce his name. Um, is Vampiro of Hispanic or Latino descent in any way? Not that I know of. I don't really, I, again, I'm not sure, but yeah. I assume no, no, but he might. Yeah. It's just like he, he, he sometimes gives off a vibe like that, but I, I have, I wouldn't assume so with the name Ian Hodgkinson, but you never know. And his Wikipedia page gives no information with that. So, um, all right. So why don't we move over to raw? Um, sure. Hmm. Almost nothing happened. Yeah. And of course, um, this was, um, this was uh, brought. This happened about eight hours ago. But Alberto Del Rio and Page. Uh, Alberto Del Rio has been released, and it looks like Page may be following. Now, what is the whole story there? Like, what happened with Del Rio that 
has led to him being in the WWE doghouse? Because I don't know all the details. Well, I don't think he's in the... Well, okay. So basically, he's upset because, as I could have told you, when he came back, and we said that when he came back, and they proceeded to do absolutely nothing with him, he was supposed to get a main event run. He didn't. He was upset. Um, and also, they didn't do anything interesting with him, which, duh, they've never done anything interesting with Alberto Del Rio. I can't think of one time, except for maybe that brief portion of his face turn from, like, December to 2012 to, like, January 2013, uh, mm-hmm. where he was interesting in WWE. It's never been the case. They've never been able to figure him out. Um, and... It's which is hilarious because his run in Lucha Underground was fantastic and it showed this fire and passion and heart that WWE you thought would have harnessed, but of course they didn't. So um, he's upset about that. Apparently they're upset about his relationship with Paige. I don't know why. Um, they were upset because they were put on different brands. Um, they made us think about it. And I think that's where we are right now. Okay. All right. Wow. So, um, yeah, and uh, so he's gone, and Paige is what's her status right now? Um, signed, but I think she's. I think that that'll change shortly if it hasn't already. Let's see, Paige. They said earlier today that she quit. Um, I don't know if that's true or if that's official yet. Um, but I, I don't know. But it's like it's a. These are blows for WWE. First of all, in a time where they need every piece of talent they could possibly have because of this brand extension. But mm-hmm. um, Alberto hurts them because from a business standpoint, they do not really have a top Latino star to to put on their shows. I mean, that that I can think of. I, I would not put Kalisto. Kalisto's the closest, and he's nowhere near being a top guy. Yeah, no, he, he's nowhere close. I mean, and Kalisto's a guy who theoretically could have the skills. Like, he reminds me of a bit of a Phoenix, where um, you could probably put him in a Ray-type spot, but to get to a Ray-type spot takes years and years. And Like, like I mean, Ray Mysterio is a household name, and, and Kalisto's like a pretty good performer. I mean, there's a, there's a very big difference between those two guys mm-hmm. and it takes a while to establish that. So that hurts them. And Paige in, in a women's division that against our best advice uh, was split. They need all the, the, the competent female competitors they can get. And Paige is a, is, I mean, at worst a competent female competitor. So, um, I, you know, I, I think that. I think that hurts them in the depth department, and right now they are definitely hurting in the depth department. Oh, yeah, and it's not just that, but a bunch of guys are getting hurt, too. You got Finn Balor just went down. Cena's, he's not hurt, but he's taking time off. And, uh, yeah, anytime they lose a guy, it's really bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're, they're not in great shape with the, amount of, uh, with the amount of talent that they have or don't have, and they... they you know, it, part of it's the schedule. It's too damn rough for the for the process, for the matches that they want to have. And, you know, part of it's just they don't have the guys, and they probably shouldn't have done this split. We said that, but, you know, and, and they, they haven't kept it pure like, like we thought they were going to. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just rough. So, um, all right, so let's go to uh, the raw results. Let me pull this up here. Um, all right, so um, 
we had our opening, and Kevin Owens came out in a suit. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he healed it up a little bit. Um, then Rollins came out, got a surprisingly large face pop, which I was happy with because, you know, I, I talked about how the way they turned him, I didn't think did Rollins any favors. Um, and I liked from a character standpoint how he went, you know, like he doesn't, there's no reason for Rollins to immediately hate Kevin Owens. I mean, I, I don't think he's best friends with him because Kevin Owens is kind of a dick to everyone except for Jericho. And I like, he's like, I really don't have an issue with you, but like, I'm trying to say something. So shut up. And then, you know, <laughs> he didn't and eventually got punched in the face. And I thought it was a good way to have Seth not be a typical, I mean, at this point, dickhead baby face who just immediately attacks somebody, but also like, you know, Hey, I'm upset. I'm trying to say something. Just stay out of my way. I thought it was reasonable. I thought they played the roles decently well. And, um, I think it's a difficult thing with Kevin Owens as a heel because he's going to get cheered against most guys you put him against. But Rollins, I think there is a lot of respect from the audience. And, you know, Rollins almost has that Shawn Michaels thing where there's that inherent unlikable quality about him, but he's so good that people will cheer for him. So, I mean, um, I I thought the segment came off decently well um, compared to most, like, opening talk segments. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is a show that called for an opening talk segment because of what happened at the end of last week. You kind of needed to establish the direction and where everything's going. Yeah, and it looks like they're going to, um, you know, not have Triple H for a while. I guess the next time we'll see him will be at uh, Night of Champions, Clash of Clash of Champions. I'm sorry. <laughs> we will resurrect every single WCW idea and concept that kind of sort of. But works. not War Games. Not War Games, though. <laughs> Except for War Games. Yep. Yeah. I mean, to be um, fair, that one's kind of a bitch to set up, but, you know. Um, yeah, I know, but, you know, it's awesome when it works. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so then we had Bailey beat Charlotte, which I question the booking decision uh, the on this. trope of, oh, the challenger has to beat Blank has been the champion, of- yeah. It's lazy. It's just, and that again plays into the depth. They don't have enough girls for Bailey to run through to get up to Charlotte, so they're yeah. just like, oh, just have her beat Charlotte. That's why you can't split the fucking rosters, though. Like, like I, like they don't get that. Like, if there's like three girls, like who's on Raw? Who's on Raw now? It's Charlotte, Bailey, Sasha, Dana Brooke, um, Nia, Nia Jax. Page is gone. Page is gone. So is that it? Is there anyone else? Summer Rae? Where'd she end up? Okay, let's say let's say she's on there. Let's say. So that's probably it. That's six girls. Wow. They they can't they can do a six pack championship match, but that's the max they can do for a title match for the thing. That's not good. I mean it doesn't look good. It doesn't um push the illusion. Which actually it's funny so- you mentioned that. That's exactly what SmackDown's doing at Backlash. Oh, they are? For the women? They're oh yeah, 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 yeah. Six for their new titles. Match. So if Patrick. you had all the girls on one show, you'd have twelve. Yeah, yeah. So that's 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 a ridiculous thing to do. So, yeah, I mean, like it shows there's a lack of depth, and then whether the audience realizes or do, or doesn't realize it, they they they're like, oh, you know, wow. I mean, that's why that that's why they run out of things to do with people because, and this would be the time like. This would happen with tag teams in, like, 2005 and stuff. They'd bring in a new tag team. 
they would challenge for the titles and like lose or they'd win it or whatever. And then they wouldn't have anything else to do because all they did was debut and then challenge for the titles because there's nothing else for you to do. When you debut in the WWE as a wrestler, you like have feuds with other people for a while as a male wrestler, singles wrestler, you date, you feud with guys and you maybe get secondary titles or whatever. And then like years later, if you're built up enough, you get world title matches. But if you just start off there, and yes, there are cases that that can work, but they run out of shit to do with you because you, what else is there to do? I mean, what else was there to do with, like, Edge at the end of his run? He had done literally, like, every type of story you could do. Like, you know, the, so Charlotte's the champion. Okay, well, it took her, like, three months to get the title because there's, like, four girls. And now she's defending against Bailey and losing, and now there's only other only Sasha and maybe Dana you know so it's just it doesn't bode well for for making your your guys and girls look like stars oh absolutely and and it's a shame too because raw got really the lion's share of the of the divas division they got 3 out of the 4 horsewomen but if you don't have enough girls around them to kind of fill it out and make it work and have that clear division over who the top girls are and who the bottom girls are you can't really it's just not going to work. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's move on then. Um, let's go to Bo Dallas getting a squash match. Congratulations. This is what we're talking about. Like, it, it doesn't hurt your program. Like, it, you can have guys that you want to feature, and you can have them beat guys that aren't on your roster, but you can give the illusion that they're competitors coming here to, like, NXT does it all the time. If you want to know how NXT gets so many stars... It's because they all win squash matches like 80% of the time. And when they don't, it's like either a star-making moment or it's like, oh, it's a big deal. You know, like that's how the one, two, three kid became a big deal because they, the stars always beat the jobbers. And that's fine because whether we know it or not, if we, keep, if we see a guy win each and every week, like I understand you can't have them face jobbers forever because then you'll get like Baron Corbin or whatever and people get bored of it. I understand there does need to be varied things, but... If you got nothing else to do, give them a jobber, have them beat them, and we're like, oh, they can win a few matches. You know, like, people beat up on the Cleveland Browns occasionally. You know, it happens. You get you get some chump matchups, you know? Like, like Alabama gets some, some cupcakes, you know, before they go up against Florida State, you know, so or Florida. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, so, oh, New England Patriots, I mean, fucking, they get to play Buffalo Bills twice a year. It's great for them. Yeah, well, and the Jets do, and the Jets lose twice, so. Um <laughs> So I thought this was, you know, anytime there's a squash match that doesn't feature Braun Strowman or Nia Jax, which like, like, come on, like, can we, can somebody else get, yeah, yeah, can somebody else get a squash? So I think that's a good idea. Like give, give Bo Dallas, give Dolph Ziggler, give uh, Gallows and Anderson, give, you know, Chris Jericho, give Sasha, give whoever, give Sami Zayn, give them guys to beat. Like, I don't care. If you're not winning, you're not a star. You need to win. So, glad they did that. Um, Are we getting we had, to a point where certain guys, it's been a while since I've seen them win. When was the last time Sami Zayn won a match? Uh, against Kevin Owens, probably. Yeah, that might have been the last one. And that was Boy, by the way, okay. am, I, am I the only one just utterly not interested in Sami Zayn on the main roster? Oh, no, you're completely right. They haven't done anything with him. They, once they finished up the Kevin Owens story, they like, all right. Bye. Which was so, like, I feel like if that feud had happened when I was a kid, it would have been, like, the coolest, greatest thing ever. And it was just, like, 
oh, we're just going to have a bunch of matches. Now we're done. Like, they weren't, like, amazing. You know, it wasn't, it was just like, oh, now we're done. I had a, there was a suggestion that a guy um, I see a lot of shows with had, and I thought it was brilliant. Have Kevin Owens beat Sami Zayn for, like, two years. Like, Sami Zayn never wins. And then Sami Zayn, like, wins the Royal Rumble or something and challenges Owens for the title, and then he's able to beat him. Like, Something like that would be, like, momentous and great and interesting, as opposed to just, like, Sami Zayn wins, and that's it. You know, and now he's got nothing to do. Yeah, and really with the whole feud, they kind of just piggybacked off the NXT feud, which had never really finished over there. So if you want to count the NXT portion of it, you do kind of have, like, a a year and a half, two years built into it. But, yeah, yeah you're right, though. It did just kind of become a rematch fest. Yeah which is their favorite way of filling space. Um, oh, yeah. All right, so we had Seth Rollins beat Jericho. I mean, I thought that was, that's good. Jer- Rollins should be getting some clean wins. Um, he's a face now, so he gets those. Um, and granted, I mean, Seth was fairly well protected compared to most heels. Like, he would occasionally get clean wins, which, like, you know, I mean, not all the time, but they never do that with heels. Like, they generally... I mean, I guess Owens did on this one, so that kind of shoots me in the foot. But, um... Uh, or did he? Did Jericho interfere? I don't even remember. Um, you know what? I don't remember either. That's no, I think he <laughs> That's countered how remarkable the... Halu- it was. I think he countered the Luba kick with a super kick and then and then beat him after that, like, like uh, with a pop-up powerbomb. So, I do think he won clean. But, you know, they generally don't do that so it's it's nice um uh Sheamus went up 3-0 um in the most this, boring best of seven series I've ever seen in my life well I mean there's also the Cena Booker T one remember that was the best of five was it oh yeah it was yeah wasn't there another <laughs> but, one with but like, I get what you're saying wasn't there an Orton uh Benoit one where Orton subbed no, for that Booker was, T. It was Booker and Benoit, and then I think Booker got hurt, and Orton had to take his place. Yeah, I remember that. I remember they're like, what, we were like, what are they doing with Orton right now? They, it seemed like they had no plans for him. Mm. Well, now he's shooting with Bray Wyatt, so he's all good. Yeah, yeah, Bray Wyatt, boy, oh boy. Vince McMahon's like, he's great. He's 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 had so many star making moments. Um. Uh, what else? Nia Jax had a squash. Uh, Gallows and Anderson are feuding with the She's not like those girls. <laughs> yeah. they, they always take just what they're given, like a plastic little <clears throat> princess. Um, uh, Braun Strowman defeated someone who wasn't a jobber. Jinder Mahal. Boy, that that move of selling out Heath Slater's really paying off for him since he's <laughs> dropping matches to Darren Young. Um, <laughs> geez. I mean, it was just a boring show. It's just a, like, like, eh. Yeah, and that extra hour, again, which is so funny. I don't know. Have you watched any of Talking Smack? No, I've heard it's good. It's really good because they're clearly not scripted, and they just say whatever the fuck they want. And at one point, um, Daniel Bryan was asked the question, will SmackDown ever go to three hours? And immediately he was like, no, we are not doing that. We are perfectly happy in a two-hour format, which yeah. not like Daniel Bryan has any say in it, but still, it's kind yeah, of yeah. kind of indicative that people within the WWE don't even like the three-hour format, and yet they keep doing it. Well, Triple H doesn't like it. I mean, he stated that he doesn't like it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, USA pays them like $10 million more million a year to do the third hour. So, I mean, my issue is, like, 
if you go to two, I mean, one would be amazing. If you can get to one hour, that'd be great. But okay, let's go to two hours, fine. You could say, like, you're asking wrestlers to wrestle, like, an extra, like, 20 extra shows a year because of the extra time and the extra matches and stuff. So that's, you want to know why the injuries have increased in the past five years? Look at the fact that you've increased, they, they get an hour, they get 52 extra hours that they have to perform on. Mm-hmm. So guys that maybe aren't wrestling are wrestling. Um, guys get overexposed. I mean, nobody seems to care about overexposure. Like, I remember, like, Bischoff talked about it in his uh, in his book, and he's like, you know, like, I, I had, we were, we were two hours at Nitro, we were just adding a third hour. He's like, I was really worried about overexposure, and then Thunder came along. I mean, and I remember when Thunder came out, there were, like, two primetime shows. He's like, everybody was like, this is not going to work. And they were right in the end, but it opened up this awful floodgate where, like, shows just kept adding more and more content, and then it was just like, well, you know, you okay, Patrick? I'm okay, yeah. Oh, your your mic was making noises. Um, oh, sorry. It's okay. Um, and they, ju- they just keep adding more and more content, and it's like, there's not enough interesting people to fill this. Like, I, I and it's not wrestling. I, I can't imagine a, a program that can do three hours every week. And I don't mean like they're like, the NFL does it. Yeah, an NFL team does it, but like, it's not like uh, the, the NFL itself. Teams, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not like you're like, let's see Ryan Fitzpatrick and Brandon Marshall for three hours, nine times a week. Like, holy shit. Like, no one would watch that shit. Um, and it's also it's an NFL game. It's not it's they can't compel, compare themselves to the NFL. So um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, just a bland, boring little show. Yeah, and SmackDown wasn't much better. The only thing that SmackDown did that was really cool was the uh, the Usos heel turn. Yeah, which is sorry, um, which is long, long overdue. Oh yeah, and I, I thought it was really well done actually because they set up this tag team tournament match, it's American Alpha versus the Usos, and you think, okay, this is going to be the big spotlight tag team match, and American Alpha won in like 10 seconds, which was shocking. Good. And yeah, was like, oh. good, they should. Yeah, and I was like, oh shit, that was amazing. And then Usos were pissed off, and they, they felt humiliated, they turned heel, so everything kind of worked out the way, in a natural way that made sense, and then Usos flipped out, they injured Chad Gable, and now American Alpha's out of the tag title match at the pay-per-view. So, um, you know, the heels got heat, and there were consequences to their actions, and now we've got a tag team feud moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I agree. That's a smart way to to do things. So, um, I also want to point out, since um, I feel like we're done with Raw here, um, this, this happened yesterday, which I think is a smart call by WWE. Patrick, were you, you were aware... That the WWE signed uh, Bin Wong uh, a few months ago. Yes, yes, I did hear that. Yeah, who, those of you listening, he's the first ever uh, Chinese uh, performer that the WWE has signed, and he's he's got a developmental po- contract. Well, yesterday they signed um, seven new recruits. Um, I, I apologize, I cannot pronounce all their names, but um, there's seven of them. And they're going to be going to the performance center. And I mean, this, say what you will creatively about WWE. They've never been that. Vince has never been that good. But business wise, 
and this is like in the past few years. I'm not. I'm so, not sorry. Not just in the past few years, but especially in the past few years, they've always, always been ahead of the curve. If you look what WWE did with cable when people were not embracing cable, if you look at what WWE did with um, with the internet when other people weren't embracing the internet, I mean their YouTube channel was one of the most popular YouTube channels around, um, and now especially with the network, you know, they have subscription-based media that they release, which is essentially what everyone does. Hulu does it, Netflix does it, HBO. All the channels like NBC, CBS are going to go to that model in the next, like, five years. Like, and and Mm -hmm. a lot of them have already started. CBS has one. Um, It's just providing the content because uh, the way we, we consume channels is different. So WWE, super smart, understands like the big market that China is and how relations with China have warmed up in the past 10 years or so is now getting those, those, um, those Chinese stars to train and basically open up that part of the world, which is, you know, I, and I don't know if that's Shane McMahon's influence. Cause I know Shane McMahon was in China at, at the, at a media company for quite some time, but um, super smart by them, by, by opening that door and, because I mean that market is so huge. I mean, you see just how much movies are influenced for the Chinese market. I mean, after the U.S., it's the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's one of the reasons that uh, BB-8 was such a big marketing selling point for the Force Awakens over there in China. It was to appeal to the the Chinese market because apparently they like robots. Well, I mean, was that like? But Star Wars always has robots. Yeah, but BB-8 was a huge focal point of the marketing specifically. Oh, that okay, I understand, for, I understand. Like, he's the biggest character on the poster over there. Gotcha, gotcha, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, you know, um, I, I, I'm not here to, to bring up one side or the other on this because I know people have major opinions on this, but, you know, one of the reasons Ghostbusters didn't do so well worldwide was because it was banned in China because – the Chinese are it's not witchcraft apparently. Yeah. Well, they, they don't, they don't take well to, to movies about ghosts or fiction about ghosts. In fact, if you go to, um, uh, Hong Kong Disneyland, uh, they have a haunted mansion ride there, but enough, there are no ghosts in that ride. Everything's enchanted. Interesting. So it's like the teacups like will move and stuff on their own, but they're not ghosts. They're enchanted. And it's a very distinct difference in, in how they, they accept things. So, um, it's interesting, but but um, smart move by WWE. They got um, one guy. Who big, is, uh, he's a big guy, isn't he? Yeah, he's um, he's what is I, I don't I can't read the metric system. Um, he's a hundred <laughs> kilograms. Okay. Oh, Bin Wong, Bin Bin Wong. I thought you meant there's another guy. There's a big boa uh, is another guy. Um, yeah, Bin oh, Wong okay. I think is like six four, like two thirty. So he's 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 pretty big, especially in this day and age. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, all these guys' heights are in centimeters and stuff. I don't like what's two hundred and three centimeters. Uh, it's the uh, this is my whole thing. The, we should be on the metric system for we. Yeah, reason. I agree. Uh, I agree, but we're not. So <laughs> um, it's it's so much simpler. America, seriously, it's so much simpler. Everything's based Thomas, on Thomas Jefferson wanted us to be on it, and he was right. <laughs> Um, six seven. This dude's six seven. If my thing is two two on two hundred and three centimeters, 
centimeters means that he's six seven. I just want to verify if so. That he, that's fucking huge. Hold on. Uh, there, you can type into Google like get a automatic. I know. I know. It went to orbits, and I didn't want to do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Centimeters to inches. All right. Two oh three. I, what is this? Oh, Patrick, I don't want to do this. I didn't do well in math. What's the decimals? Decimals. 79 inches. No, no, I want to feet, damn it. No, I get to... What's 79 inches? Okay, center, 79 inches divided by 12. That is 5 foot, 6 foot. That's about 6 and a half feet. Yeah, okay, so it's about... Yeah, so that's a tall dude. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. This other guy is um, 182. So they got some fairly, some smaller guys. Uh, um, well, there's one Chinese star in the Cruiserweight Classic. I forget his name. Um, Ho-Ho something. Uh, Ha-Ha something. I forget what it was. I, I apologize. But, uh, yeah, they they got some Chinese talent there, too. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it should be interesting to see how that goes and to see how they branch out into that market. Um It'd be Anything else? To see what type of talents they are. Like, what do they like? Yeah, especially you know, I, I know Bin Wong trained with Inoki, so I mean, no offense, but that doesn't really count because like you're you're being trained in Japan, so it's a very Japanese style, and obviously, Japan has a incredible history of of um, of pro wrestling, second only to like either Mexico or the U.S. You know, so so they're they're I mean, when you think of the top like like hubs of pro wrestling in the world. You think of Mexico, you think of the U.S., you think of England, and you think of uh, Japan. China doesn't really have much of a history, you know? So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like, like how well-versed they are in the art. Yeah. So, all right, anything else we should go over? I'm trying to think. No, I don't think so. Just uh, keep watching Lucha Underground and check out the... Well, we've got backlash this Sunday, but I I was going to say check out the Cruiserweight Classic finale next week. Yeah. All right. We will be back next week, hopefully. Uh, But for Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly, we are signing off. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.